The Auburn Tigers face a must-win game as the Missouri Tigers come into town. Here's what they need to do to pull out the win. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. And happy Ferg Friday to all of you who celebrated as we are joined by Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Ferg, it's been so interesting this week because... uh, this is a must-win game for the Auburn Tigers. I think everybody would agree with that, even uh, even though it's Missouri and it seems like it should be a team that you certainly should beat. But the storylines and the conversation this week, it hasn't been about this upcoming game, even though it is extremely, extremely important. Yeah, when you have your worst loss in like a decade at home, <laughs> this will uh, really do it for yeah. you. Yeah, no, this is uh, a lot turned this past weekend. I feel like the tone and the tenor around Auburn football, there was an opportunity. We talked about it last week. There's an opportunity to kind of hit a reset button yeah. if you win. But then when you lose and you lose the way it does, you did, it's only gotten worse. You know, this has been a program that's been mired in negativity really since the five-game losing streak last season. And it hasn't gotten any better. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely gotten worse this past week. But if there's a team – in the SEC that you could play right now at home if you're Auburn to try to, you know, as Brian Hartson says, take it one game at a time, you know, hold on to the rope, so to speak. It is Missouri. It, it would be Missouri. I would say Missouri even over Vanderbilt right now because it looks like Vanderbilt's playing a little bit better football yeah. uh, at the moment. But, yeah, this is, this is a matchup you absolutely have to take advantage of, and it'll say a lot about how the rest of the season ends up going. I mean, this Saturday is going to tell a lot about what kind of – tone we talk about in the, the rest of this season yeah and and I think there's several reasons why this game is a must win for Auburn I mean off the field stuff but I'm just talking about on the field stuff I mean this team I think needs a little bit of confidence right now oh yeah uh, especially you know the way the second half went against Penn State you start one and oh in the SEC and all of a sudden you can kind of look up at the standings and say like okay in the conference we've done everything we need to possibly do so far LSU's coming into town uh, the following week, and obviously if you beat LSU, it, it doesn't matter what that looks like. If you beat LSU, um, that, that's going to be a big thing. You're shaking your head no. What does that mean? No, about about Georgia. Like, uh, like yeah, the, yeah, the following no, week. No, let's all go past that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one game at a time. Brian Harson keeps saying 1-0. That's right. I, I think that, I think that focus, focus is going to have to be necessary these next two weeks. Yeah, I think so. But, but I mean, if you start 2-0, and and nobody's expecting you to go to Athens and win. And so you're playing all with right. house money there. But then after that... I mean, outside of Georgia, every team in the SEC has shown moments of maybe not being as good as they were a year ago. And so all of a sudden, you know, you, you got a chance to, to potentially make some stuff happen moving forward. But like you said, 1-0 mentality. It all starts with what the Tigers need to do tomorrow on Saturday against the Missouri Tigers. What are you expecting to see from the quarterback position, right? I mean, reports came out. TJ Finley will not be... Uh, available tomorrow. And so it it certainly appears that it'll be Robbie Ashford. There have been rumors and reports and, you know, speculation of maybe some other guys, but I'm in the the Robbie Ashford camp right now. I'd be surprised if it wasn't him as a starter. Where are you on this? 
I, I think based on what we've seen the first few weeks, it's probably going to be Robbie Ashford. Yeah, you'd have to think so. Yeah, you, you would have to think so. But I think a lot could be determined on like where this staff sees Zach Calzada and his health. Uh, I think a lot of that you could you'll learn a lot about that this Saturday whether you see him or not. Um, and then also Holden Garner, like, are you ready to pull the trigger on on him? Because the the situation here at quarterback is this: for the first three games of the season, you have had T.J. Finley basically running your offense, and then you would have uh, Robbie Ashford come in in certain spots in certain situations, running running certain plays, with the exception, of course, of the second half against Penn State. You know when he basically ran the offense um, and, and came in for for Finley, and I guess he did that against Mercer too. But you Auburn's got to determine this week if they think Robbie Asher's ready to run this full offense and he's ready to be QB one with Finley out, or or is Ashford still going to be the change of pace? You don't run the full offense guy, and does that mean you have to pull in a guy like a Zach Calzada or a Holden Garner to be the more like all right, the, the the more traditional, straightforward pocket passing type of quarterback. So, whichever direction Auburn goes in there, I think is going to say a lot about where they view this offense right now and what they think is going to happen moving forward. Personally, yeah, if I had to give my opinion on it, I, I think the way Auburn's offensive line struggled mightily against Penn State, mm-hmm. having a guy like Ashford to be able to manage that with now Finley did a good job of it, um, just creating stuff out of nothing yeah good for um, him yeah yeah and and obviously Robbie Ashford's got the speed to be able to do that uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that you've got to run the ball you abandon it in this last game you got to run the ball and statistically when Robbie Ashford's on the field Auburn's running backs have been more success- successful it just naturally opens things up now they're not like running eight or nine yards of carry with him on the field compared to not but even against Penn State the little Auburn ran the ball yeah you know, Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter were more successful on average when Ashford was in the game because it just naturally opened some things up. So that's where I think if you're ready and you're confident enough to give it to TJ Finley and let him ride, this is the – I mean, or I'm sorry, Robbie Ashford and let him ride. Yeah. This is the opportunity to do it. This is the situation to do it. Now, if he struggles or if this week you feel like Calzada or Garner are ready, you might still see some of the two-quarterback stuff. We'll see. Um, it's just going to be a matter of how much they trust Robbie Ashford to play in this offense and run the full scope of it. Yeah. Then again, the two guys you're talking about who could come in are just as inexperienced in this offense as Robbie Ashford is as well. So, you know, the one thing about Finley is that he, he knew the playbook and he knew, you know, knew the system. He had that, that saw you don't have that anymore. So however, whatever solution, whatever, uh, mix of variables you have to come out come out with this, I think is going to say a lot about where you feel about the, this offense and this quarterback situation right now. And, and you got to think whatever the coaches decide to go with or whoever the coaches decide to go with, they have to believe from the bottom of their heart that it's the best thing for Auburn. I mean, it's too important of a situation, a too important right, of, right, of a yeah. must-win game for them to say, Otherwise, I mean, all these fans out there that are saying, you know, so-and-so is the best. I can't believe they're not playing them. And it's like, well, if the folks that watch them every day, like, they yeah. need this one. <laughs> they, they need this one really bad. So they clearly, clearly believe that whoever they trot out there the most on Saturday is the, most, is the best option for them to win. So I think that, that, that note is important to put out there. Yeah, my my thing I've always been about coaches is like, yeah, coaches make wrong decisions all the time. I mean, that's they're not infallible sure. by any means. 
in matters of personnel though i usually lean more towards like yeah they probably know what's going on because they're 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 the ones watching the practices and building the game plans so Mm -hmm. like yeah there's people who want to see uh zach calzada and there's people who want to see holden garner but like to this point auburn has not felt confident enough to use either of those guys and they would know more about what they're trying to do and everything else so it'll be Saturday is going to answer a lot of questions uh, about a, a lot of things involving Auburn football. I think quarterback, obviously, with it being the most important position on the field, yeah. you know, takes the takes center stage there. Yeah. All right. You had a newsletter about the frequency in which Auburn threw the football that I thought was interesting. I want to get um, you to kind of open that up a little bit more in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is sponsored by our friend at Underdog Fantasy Underdog Fantasy, it's so easy to get started and to get playing daily fantasy sports, whether it's college, whether it's you know NFL, the NBA, once it starts back, MLB every single night, the, the eSports, if you're into that, soccer, ton of different things. Actually, golf is really fun to play on here as well. They've got a bunch of different ways to play it. I usually do a lot of the drafts. You're able to kind of get an instant draft going and compete with different folks. That's been what I've done the most of. But there's also, um, you, you know, you can do higher or lowers and create a slip, a pick em slip. It's kind of like a parlay. Uh, it's a little different, but it's similar. And so I'm just looking at some of the, the props that are already up, like Utah at ASU. Um, Cam Rising, 242.5 passing yards. Um, you could take the higher or lower for that. Emory Jones, they've got his rushing uh, 19 and a half rushing yards and his passing 191 passing yards. So there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And as you stack and add more features, I mean, you can get like 20 times your payout. So there's a lot of fun things to do with all of that. It's like I said, it's the easiest place to win money while playing and watching college football. It's legitimate. I have done it over the past few weekends. It's a ton of fun. You can get started today. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Their app is exceptional. Very, very good. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That is Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. It is the place to buy all of your favorite beer, wine, whiskey, vodka, any type of liquor or spirit that you are interested in. Frisky Whiskey has it. For a very, very reasonable price, their relationship with distributors as well as what state they are in, it is significantly cheaper to buy there than anywhere else in the area. If you're in the Auburn, Opelika, County area, make that quick 15 to 20 minute drive over. It'll well pay off. Uh, be sure to check it out. It's the only place that I buy any of my alcohol moving forward. Hey, and a lot of you listening outside the Atlanta area, if you're driving in to the game for a tailgate this weekend, be sure to check out their prices on the way in. Frisky Whiskey, go check them out. Justin Ferguson, our guest with the Auburn Observer, auburnobserver.com. You kind of touched on the fact that Auburn threw it, was it 70% of the time they called passes against Penn State? 72.97%. Yep, not that we're being specific here, but uh, I think you nailed it there. So that surprised me based on how you wrote about it. It surprised you as yeah. well. How much of that do you think is the game just not developing the way they thought? And how much of that is out of necessity? Second half, definitely the, the way the game developed, but in the first half tank Bigsby and I get a carry in the second quarter. You also threw the ball or at least called passing plays almost twice as much as you called running plays in the first half. So 
Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. I get it from the extent of if your offensive line's not pass protecting or run blocking well at all, yeah, maybe you throw the ball because you can get more chunks that way, right? Um, and and if you run and it's unsuccessful, you're behind the chains. Like I get that. I, under, I understand that that aspect of it, but sure. I do think the thing we have to go back to is the fact that Tank Bigsby is your most talented offensive player. I would say Jarquez Hunter is one of your top three, four, five, depending on where you where you feel on the team. Sure. Um, on the offensive side, so like stick with it. You know, it's 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 better off because at this point in time, Auburn is not built to throw the football. I, the roster is not built to win by throwing the football that many times, and you're not as successful throwing the football. Um, you know, there was uh, Bill Connolly uh, at um, at ESPN pointed out. I think it was the there was a stat that was like Auburn's in like the hundreds in like a lot of like a pass efficiency and success rate categories in FBS this year. And they've only played one team that's that's a that's a, qual- a high quality opponent. Like you're not built to do this. Yeah. And I know running into the wall over and over again can be frustrating, but Tank Bixby's really good at breaking tackles. Jarquez Hunter's good at breaking tackles too. Damari Austin's shown an ability to like pop with some runs. Even if it's not working, I think there's got to be some stick to it, to it, ifness to it. Nice. Um, if you're Auburn, because this is this is how you built your team. This is how you built your offense and your roster. So like, things get out of hand. Things go a little get out of get out of your control against Penn State for the most part. Like, okay, I get it. I understand some of that. But this week, especially if TJ Finley's not your starting quarterback mm-hmm. right now. Run the ball. You, you got to run the ball. You got to find a way to get it going. And even if it does, isn't successful early, just hammer away at it. I think you don't want to be you don't want to be predictable. But um, Auburn's just not built right now to to be a team that's going to win by throwing the ball that many times. And on top of that, Missouri's run defense is not very good. Yeah, and they not have not good. been for the last couple of years. Yeah, that's good. That definitely helps Auburn out for sure going into Saturday's game. Do you think? They will do things differently from a personnel slash formation standpoint. I mean, it seems like they do more creative stuff. When Robbie's in there, we saw a formation mm-hmm. with, with Tank and Jarquez both in the backfield, which I think makes you do things differently as a defense. Do you think yep. that'll change things up and, and you'll see more of that against Missouri? I think if Robbie's your guy and he's the he's the main guy on Saturday, you'll see some more split back stuff. You'll yeah. see some five wide stuff. You'll see a lot more shotgun than I think than under center. I think you're going to want to like give the man some space to create, whether it's scrambling or on design runs. Now he was not effective with his design runs against Penn State, but like I said earlier, Auburn was a little more effective running the ball when he was in the game, and a lot of that comes from your shotgun sets a little bit more spread out, you know, play a little bit more to his style of game. Finley fits kind of more of that pro style set, yeah. those sets and those, and those personnel packages. Astrid, I think can do some of that, but I do, I do see him being more of a guy that you want to operate in the gun, operate with a little bit more, you know, lighter personnels just to manipulate space. Right. Yeah, that to me, I, I think, is going to be the biggest thing just because this offense seems pretty basic. It doesn't seem too complex so far. And, and I think some of that is implementation and execution. And, you know, that's that's a word that we hear a ton of <laughs> at a Brian Harson press conference. Um, we mm-hmm. love the word execution here on the Plains. But I, I think some of that is true. Oh, yeah. But th- they've got to dress some stuff up a little bit more. And, and you got to think that starts tomorrow. You got to think. 
And you've got to manage the fact that you know that your offensive line is not winning at the point of attack mm-hmm. more often than not. I mean, even against Mercer and San Jose State, they were not dominating the game that you would probably have expected because of the differences sure. in size and all that. Right. Look, Auburn's offensive line issues, I mean, I've been writing about it for three, four years now. <laughs> like, this is this was a problem that was building up for a while, and it's only getting worse, especially when a guy like Nick Brahms has to retire. And, you know, a guy like Tate Johnson coming into the game, like his first big game, you could tell in that game if you had to like watch the film and say, okay, which one of these guys is brand new to a lot of this? You could identify kind of the spots where now everybody on the offensive line had their bad moments. I'm sorry, but I think you're seeing some of that is that, you know, the IDing and the communication and some of the internal blocking and all like the, the interior blocking and stuff like that. You're seeing the effect of not having a guy like Nick Brahms and you're putting a guy in like Tate Johnson. So it's a trial by fire right now. You got to find the best ways to manage around it. You got to find yeah. the best ways to scheme around it uh, as much as you can. But you know, there's also some of it that is at the end of the day, if your offensive line's not do- not winning enough, you're not going to do much on offense. It is the one position group where you have to be on your game every single snap. So important, whether you're running it or passing it. And look, I mean, this isn't a new problem for Auburn, and this isn't no. something that's taken a lot of us by surprise. Now, I think. I think some of us in the offseason were like, well, maybe they can show some improvement, but it's it's regression right now, and you got to find a way to do it because by week four, you're kind of are who you are at this point. Yeah, right. And, and I want to be clear, and I don't want to speak on behalf of you, but I think you'll agree. Like, Tate Johnson, like, it's not really Tate Johnson's fault at this point. They thought that he had another year, and I think a year from now, he's going to weigh more. I think he's going to have more muscle mass, and I, and I think he's going to kind of understand more about the game, which you should you know, every year that you play. So I know I know a lot of uh, attention has been put on Tate Johnson, but he was kind of thrown to the fire with, with the Nick Brom news. So And he wasn't the only offensive lineman who struggled. Sure. Yeah, there are guys who are older than him that have more experience that struggled because right. that's a position where everything's got to work in concert. And when one guy slips up, it makes everybody else look bad. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of it. Like, if you played on the offensive line on Saturday for Auburn, you got a lot of stuff to work on. Yeah, no, you're right. Right about that. All right. A week ago, we talked about Auburn's pass rush. I want to circle back to that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It's free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description or show summary down below or in your favorite podcast app, however you are consuming this content. And also sign up for the Auburn Observer. Justin, what all do they get when they sign up at AuburnObserver.com? Got some basketball this week. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, AuburnObserver.com, uh, newsletters, podcast, uh, pretty much every day of the week. Uh, we did two podcasts on Thursday. Um, myself and uh, Painter talked to Bennett Durando uh, of the Montgomery Advertiser, who is a Missouri alum. And sure. So he had a perspective on Missouri and kind of, it's a really interesting game for Missouri, too. That's This is what makes this, this game on Saturday uh, fascinating. New friends of the program out with Painter. And Pablo and, and Dave, if you're looking for people to kind of, Auburn fans, if you're if you're uh, if you're going through it right now and you want to hear people kind of go through it with you, that's your podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the newsletters this week, uh, we mentioned uh, there was an offensive line film room, mm-hmm. uh, the pass rate one, uh, mm-hmm. also basketball. Um, already getting some hype there on that. Big mailbag out on uh, on today. If you're listening to this, and then we'll have coverage all over the uh, throughout the weekend of Auburn, Missouri, everything moving forward. $6 a month or $60 a year to subscribe to The Observer, and everything we do gets sent straight into your email inbox. 
super, super easy. So auburnobserver.com. Cool. Yeah, worth every penny, folks. Um, we talked about this a week ago about how the pass rush for Auburn was really strong through two weeks. The sacks weren't always there, but they were always impacting the play. Um, that didn't seem to happen as much against Penn State. Why do you think that was? Penn State's a bigger offensive line and a better offensive line. So, um, but they're, so they're going to play a lot of bigger and better offensive lines than than the first two teams that they've played. Maybe right. maybe not this week. I think Penn State's offensive line is better than Missouri's. But um, going forward after that, yeah, is, is this a concern in your eyes? It is just because you 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 want to affect the game more. Uh, I thought in the first half Auburn got to you know get. There was a lot in terms of the pass efficiency and the accuracy and all that from uh, from from Sean Clifford, but I thought early on the defensive line kept Auburn in the game, like they weren't playing poorly. I just think when the dam broke in the second half and it broke with the running game, just everything kind of fell apart from Auburn from there. Uh, you got to figure out ways to to win a little bit more uh, at the at the line of scrimmage, and and whether that is bringing more blitzes or being a little bit more creative in some other areas. Like Derek Hall and, and Eku Leota and Colby Wood and Marcus Harrison, they're not bad football players. They didn't automatically just become ineffective football players. Yeah. It's just it's not something's not working. So you got to figure out a way to kind of manage it um without sacrificing a ton in your in your in your secondary as well. So uh yeah, I mean maybe you see some more blitzes, maybe you try to fire up um some stuff to get after Missouri's quarterback who has had his issues with, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of that and yeah, this Missouri offensive line is fascinating. They haven't given up a ton of sacks this season. Given up a ton of tackles for loss. They are right. not doing much of anything right running the ball. Um, so this is another game, kind of like the Penn State game. Maybe a, maybe a step down a little bit. And just the fact, like, if you're Auburn and you have a chance to win this game, you have to, you know, assert yourself at the line of scrimmage if you're Auburn's defense. And and what, however way many different ways you can do that, do that because. Um, Luther Burden's good, and they've got some guys. They got some weapons uh, at wide receiver, and uh, your secondary is just not playing great right now. So you gotta you gotta figure out how to how to make it all work. Yeah, I, I know the the defense gave up a lot of points against Penn State, but even you know the the times we've watched it since then, or, or the times I've watched it since then, for like, I just have more faith that the defense is going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Than, than yeah, the yeah. offense. I, well, I know it was a bad game, but I think some of that is just they were on the field a ton. They were on the field a decent bit, and it's and it's stuff that you can clean up. Like, I, I, at no point did I watch Auburn's defense on Saturday and say, well, they just don't have the talent. Yeah, right. What they did, though, was did not play good football. They did not play good fundamental football. Mm-hmm. I thought the run fits were really, really off, off base from what they usually are for Auburn, um, especially at linebacker. I they, those guys can make plays and they still have have it, but it's like you got to tighten up because everything kind of went bad for you <laughs> if you're Auburn on defense yeah. last Saturday. But yeah, no, it's not a situation where I'm sitting there looking at this team where it's like, like on the offensive line, I I have and I have had for years now significant concerns. Like I don't know if they have the dudes. I mm-hmm. don't know if they have the talent to do what they want want to do. I don't feel the same way about the defense, but the way the defense played, like. It's that execution word again. It's that fundamental word again. Yeah. It's all true. And, like, that's the thing is, like, you can say, hey, the guys need to execute the calls better and all that. Like, that's 100% true. The players have to play better. But, like, that's on coaching as well. Like, that, you know, that whenever you whenever you say, hey, we got to execute, 
we got to do these things. Like that's not a like, well, it's just the player's fault kind of thing. Like you right. got to keep in mind, like the coaches are paid a lot of money to make sure your guys can execute. So um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an everything kind of thing. And I think that's the thing about Auburn football right now, after that, after a loss that badly at home, if you get paid money to play or to play to coach for Auburn, yeah. um, or if you strapped it up and stepped on the field at any point on Saturday for Auburn, you got stuff to work on and you got stuff to improve. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. I'm still okay with the defense, so I'm in the same boat as you. But Could just be a bad game. Could just be a bad yeah, game. Yeah, it happens. It happens. The the offense, though, like I, I just have a genuine concern how you're going to consistently score points. Missouri, like you said, their rush defense is very suspect. Like I, I think Auburn will be able to run the ball, and it'll open up a ton of things if you, on if Saturday. You can't, if you can't, that's bad. News. It's bad. It's bad. And, and even no matter how you win, but you can't run the ball on Saturday. If you win and it's close, it's still like, uh-oh. It's a bad sign. Yeah, moving forward. Um, but just against like you know LSU's defense, the Mississippi schools on the road, um, I mean, those are just going to be tough. It's going to be tough to consistently oh, yeah. score unless something drastically changes. Yep, and now you're in a situation where the guy that you have trusted to be your QB1 is out for at least this week. Yeah. Could be more. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of do-or-die time if you're Auburn's offense. You're, I don't think anyone's going to sit here and expect them to be a really good offense this season, but you got to be a lot better than that if you're going to survive. I right. mean, as a coaching staff and as a team through the entire season without you know it really, really getting ugly. Right. Jay Ferg, one more time, how can people sign up and check out everything you got going on, man? AuburnObserver.com. A lot of podcasts, a lot of newsletters out this week, and there'll be more coming up. And, yeah, we'll be doing a little bit more basketball as well. Bruce Pearl, talk to us. If you, if you, want, if you want some good news, go read what I wrote about Auburn's basketball team because Bruce was very, very insightful about where he feels about his roster is right now. Yep, a lot of depth, which uh, seems to be a storyline going into, like, the last three seasons. And it's worked out pretty well. It's worked out pretty well. So, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Worth every single bit of it. We'll be back Sunday morning for a little morning after podcast. Daryl Dapperich will join me to recap the Auburn-Missouri game. You can read all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And this has been Locked on Auburn. <laughs>